Welcome to the JW Marriott Grosvenor House podcast. My name's Tris Penner, and I'm delighted to have with me today one of the world's leading chefs and restaurateurs, whose cooking I've enjoyed since the early 90s when I was working in my records. And as a treat, we would take our best artists and eat at Stephen Bull's in Marlebone. Later, I thoroughly loved his cooking at Soho's famed Lindsay House. And since 2008, he's had his own eponymous award-winning restaurant on the prestigious Grosvenor House estate in Mayfair. Welcome, Richard Corrigan. Thank you very much. So, Richard, I'd love to know about the route that you've taken from County Meath to one of the poshest addresses in the whole of the world. Yeah, it's uh, quite simple. I'm a farmer's son. Like old farms, you know, it always goes to the eldest. It went to my brother, John, uh, yeah. who is a farmer still to this day. Yeah. Life took me on a different journey. It took me into the next best thing to farming is hospitality, really. It's all about food. Uh, you're not just growing it, you're preparing it and you're serving it to customers. And there was always a great sense of hospitality in a farmhouse. You know, it was a very busy household. So my mum was an amazing, amazing lady of giving people hospitality. And of course, that's in my DNA. And it makes me well suited to be in the restaurant business. And just brought up in that kind of hedgerow shooting on a Sunday morning, you know yeah. what I mean? Going out with, uh, with a few people, orchards, beehives, my own veg garden. It makes yeah. you very self-sufficient. Yeah. It makes you quite entrepreneurial because you're always preparing something on a farm. Food is never just for tomorrow. It's for next week. Late autumn, you're always preparing for the winter. From keeping the pig to milk, bread making, keeping your larder filled up, getting the honey prepared. Always a few wild animals hanging in our outside dairy. You know, pheasants, rabbits, hares. So there was always something to eat or always something going on. So without even knowing it then, I was, I was very much just involved, engrossed in food. And I mean, you know, wild salmon for breakfast was quite common in my household. But fresh eels as well was plentiful. And I love my eels, just fried, skin mm. on, crisp, brown bread, country butter. Ooh, lovely. Now, you've mentioned bread a couple of times, and I'd like to ask you about your soda bread. We have our own bakery. Our bakery supplies uh, Corrigan's and Bentley's and Daffodil Mulligan's and Fortman and Mason, of course. And our bread, you know, stone ground, five, five tonne an hour going through a stone wheel. So it keeps the gluten content down very, very low. Treacle, organic honey, great oats. It makes the most beautiful bread in the world. It's not bread, it's food, it's substance, it's more... You have it with a piece of cheese, you have it just on its own, freshly made. It's absolutely delicious. Fresh bread will last a whole week. And when it's really hard, you can turn it into a bread soup. And before it gets that hard, you can always have a nice bread salad. Sautied in a pan, some fried bread, duck egg, black pudding. Wow. Clearly, your, your childhood was a huge influence on your career in terms of the love of food and then what you decided to do with the food and ingredients. Yeah, it layered you into a, a special way of thinking, you know what I mean? I'm not necessarily trying to bamboozle customers with uh, twiddles and flashes and, and uh, f just glass plates with dots on it. I'm one of those cooks that's a cook first and a chef second, so maybe that's part of our longevity in London. You know, London is a place that you're, everything is always changing, restaurants are coming and going, and to be on the Grosvenor Estate, you know, 11 years now, it's quite something. I think we're the longest operating restaurant on the estate uh, outside, of course, their own restaurants. So, you know, it makes me very proud. I love the fact you use the word cook because I think a cook 
does things with love. But a cook always reminds me of my mother, and my mother yeah. has always made the food full of love for yeah. me, and you yeah. just get that. And I get that from your restaurants as well. It's, it's proper food that's made with love from ingredients that have been so well sourced. People head my direction for certain things, wild animals in the winter, pheasants, yeah. uh, mallards, snipes, grouses, grass-fed only, organic pigs, poultry, great bread, great salads. You know, we have a farm supplying all our restaurants with our, all our produce. We have eight gardeners working for us. You know, that's low season. High season, we have 11 gardeners. People say, my, 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 where did you get that? And we grow it, and we don't use chemicals. So it's taken a few years, but we're there. And I think all of these little nuances that we do just makes us who we are at the end of the day. You first won your first Michelin star was when you were at Lindsay House, wasn't it? Was no, it was Fulham Road. Was it Fulham Road? Yeah, Fulham Road, 95. Yeah, Nico, Nico, who was the previous tenant wow. here. Nico got three, Marco yeah. got three, yeah. uh, Gordon got one, and yeah. I got one. That was yeah. 1995. But I'm very matter-of-fact about all that, I'll be honest yeah. with you. No, no, I'm not shaped by a guide. Uh, you know, you're only as good as your last meal. And it's your customers who tell you how good you are. Strange enough, I, I always thought that Lindsay House, it's a very strange word to give it, but it was radical. Honestly, we took a leaf out of the, the book of uh, when the cook's gone mad. Yeah. I just went off and done it. And we honed it into kind of what we thought it should be. Stephen Fry, great customer, even to this day, love Lindsay House. Mm. I mean, we always had something going on. Gilbert and George, you know, you know Elton John holds these parties there. And I don't normally throw out names, but I was always surprised. Why did they come to this little townhouse in Soho? I think people really enjoyed the kind of individuality of the whole place, and it was very individual. But you've taken a bit of a spirit of that, haven't you, into Corrigan's Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? We're a family-run business. My son's in the business, my daughter's in the business. And when you go to a family business, there's always a certain feeling of hospitality that the, the whole team around you kind of takes from you. And I just don't think you get that in every restaurant. I think that's right. And you also have a, haven't you got a room? You've got the Lindsay room? We have. We call it the back room is the Lindsay room. We have the Post Corner, which was in Lindsay House as well. And of course, we have the chef's table and the library. Because being in Mayfair and being on the Grosvenor Estate, there's lots of small parties of people, ladies and gentlemen, that just likes, you know, discreet uh, looking after. Uh, and we have those rooms for people to come and have a great time. Now, I was very happy to see on one of your menus that I saw, you had foul oysters. Now, yeah. most people, of course, from Cornwall get oysters from the Helford, yeah, but Helford, the absolutely. foul, yeah. I was very impressed with that. So I want to yeah. know, what is the difference then between a foul oyster, a native yeah. oyster, because natives Nat- are edulous, the best, yeah. and oysters that you would have in, in Ireland that you, that you would sell? Well, if you taste an oyster from the foul estuary, it has a slight, just a little metallic flavour on your palate. It does. That you, that yeah. you don't get from oysters from Colchester yeah. or Mersey yeah. or Galway Bay. Yeah. You just do not get that. So the fall oysters to me is very unique, but I only like them at certain times of the year. I like mm. Galway Bay from November to the end of January. I think they're incredible, really, really special. There's just a wonderful kind of tinge colour to them that you just do not get anywhere else that makes them very unique to that part of Britain and very, very good. So anything that's good, I will find out. I will hunt you down and I will drive for miles to get what I want for my restaurant. What are you planning for spring and summer? Well, we're planning just menus now. We, Of course, we're in the hung- hungry gap period yeah, now, exactly. you know what I mean, when there's nothing in your polytunnels and there's very little in your gardens. You're pulling out the last of Jerusalem, the last of the carrots. 
You know, but what you can look at this time of the year, when it's dark and a little bit miserable, you have the blood oranges from Sicily, which you can get in here in London. You can get the pomegranates. Yorkshire rhubarb is just floating very nicely now. But you wouldn't want to overdo that too many places on the menu. Maybe one and a half, maybe two. What you don't want to do is flood your menu with any one item. It's just like looking, making a piece of music. You know, you must look at it and want to see, I could eat everything on the menu. That's the biggest compliment you could ever give a chef. Now, my favourite fish has to be the John Dory. I love Did John Dory. It needs to be absolutely spanking fresh. Yep. Do you know what John Dory, as you get later on in the year, artichokes and kind of langoustine juices, juices of any shellfish with John Dory makes it absolutely amazing. It turns the, the great St. Peter's fish into something that's very, very special indeed. And wine. All our restaurants are in the top wine list in Britain. You could really consider a great list being around 120 bottles, excluding maybe 20 bottles of champagne, so that'd be 140. So you don't need big headlines saying you're organic or bio, but you know we've been on that curve for the last 25 years. I think Lindsay House was the first major uh, bio wine list in London. We don't really talk about it too much. You know, we don't like shoving kind of headlines down your throat. You know, the customers that come to our restaurants know. They know what's natural. And what you do need, you need to get someone who really enjoys tasting it and understand what goes with what. But yes. I'm enjoying smaller little producers of the Pinots, you know what I mean, from Pinot Noirs from Germany right now. They're brilliant. I love finding things that there isn't a lot of. For somebody that hasn't been to your uh, restaurant in, in Mayfair, Richard, how would you describe it to them? It's kind of a light hunting lodge feel, but not too heavy. It's elegant. It has... Uh, very comfortable uh, restaurant to sit in, low lighting, a very good bar called Dickies. We had the people in the Dead Rabbit in New York work with this two years ago and putting it all together. And Caleb, who runs our bar downstairs, trained with the chaps in the Dead Rabbit, mm. so he's, he's, he's fantastic. And having that standard says something as well, because I want people to come in and have a drink and go, wow, that was a good drink. His drinks are really genuinely great. There is a difference between drinks and great drinks. You know, there's an Irishness to our, to our repertoire on the bar, and we're very proud of it, the whole whiskey movement, the whole drinks movement. And I just think it's, you know, a small amount of something brilliantly put together. Wow, what more can you ask for? Brilliant. Richard Corrigan, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.